tradition in Switzerland. It's a country that is seemingly almost working in unison at almost every level, from the government to industry groups to even the startup hubs. They are working in unison on the promise of DLT. And I'm here at one of the most prestigious addresses in Zurich right now. It's across the street from the National Bank of Switzerland. And it is number three, Bannestrasse, uh, which is the European equivalent of Wall Street. You've heard of that, <laughs> or even Bond Street in London. And I'm here with founder and CEO of Trust Square. Danny Geisteiger uh, joins us right now. Um, you joined blockchain uh, and you got interested in blockchain as a banker. Tell us about the story of your transition from one of the top banks in Switzerland to where we are right now at Trust Square. Well, it all started in 2014 when I first started um, reading about blockchain. Um, obviously, at the time, it was all about Bitcoin. And at the time, Ethereum was coming to Switzerland. They incorporated the foundation here. So it was kind of starting to become what is now known as this, uh, Crypto Valley. Um, so I got interested. It was also the time of my career that I started to think, OK, now I'm turning 40, so I would like to do something probably else for the second part of my career. And so I started looking around for topics and I started getting more into this topic of blockchain. As a banker, obviously, it would have been natural for me to get into this cryptocurrency trading and all the, 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 the speculation and hype about it. But I then went basically um, to a study trip to, to um, Silicon Valley, I read a lot of books there, and I basically met a few people that are at the time were already thought leaders in the topic. And uh, I discovered that blockchain is much more than just uh, the cryptocurrency topic. It's about decentralization. It's about what Switzerland is all about, um, giving power to the individual in every aspect, not just the financials, financial um, context. And so really with that, I started deciding to pursue my second half of my career in that, in that space and become an entrepreneur. And the entrepreneurial path brought you to blockchain and wanting to nurture and foster that talent. You created and founded uh, Trust Square along with other founders. Tell us about Trust Square. What is this as a resource to the industry? Trust Square um, was meant to be, and is actually now, uh, a hub in Zurich, in the center of Zurich, and so near the financial center, uh, in the middle of the financial center for, for that, um, that brings together the startups and the academic side of things. So. Um, when we started, our focus was really to kind of combine all the startups that were scattered all over Zurich in, in, into, into, this, into this hub and then combine them together with um, our university um, that we have here in Zurich. We have the University of Zurich, we have ETH, which is technical university, and really foster that ecosystem with these two, um, with these two partners. And um, personally, we have done with my own startup a partnership with the University of Zurich to develop an e-voting solution um, with the professor of, of IT there. And, and others have been like um, working together with the academic partners like this. So this was the original goal. And the second and the third pillar was to educate. We have a big main uh, meeting room upstairs where we do host a lot of meetups. We do a lot of, last yesterday we had academic meetup again with the uh, University of Basel where we educate, where we explain. We have event series like starting, we have an event series called Women in Blockchain, where women can come and learn to start code. Um, um, 
um, with blockchain and so a lot of things are happening so education together with the academics and the startups were the focus at the beginning of Trustware and now we have 40 startups here more than 40 actually we have I think by far the biggest hub at such a scale in the world with three and a half thousand square meters and um, and yeah that's how it all started and developed. You get a lot of visitors from around the world. Uh, governments come, industry groups come, uh, blockchain uh, startups come to check it out. Why are they interested in coming here? What are they interested in learning from you and really learning from the ecosystem in Switzerland? Uh, international delegations that visit us obviously are interested how it happens that um, Switzerland became, I think, one of the leaders in the in the blockchain space by by having a lot of startups here i think we have more than 800 companies working with with blockchain one way or another startups companies that have now um, formed their own expertise in-house um how that happened i mean it's obviously the same story like in the 1980s and 90s with the internet in silicon valley we had here a very favorable regulation since the beginning 2014 now ah, that's another reason why i actually was interested 2014 the federal council issued their first assessment on the risks of cryptocurrencies at the time they called it virtual currencies and basically said there's no risks involved um, by 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 having this technology evolve here so which is very very early when it comes to an official government statement about what is now cryptocurrency um, um, uh, issues and um, from then onwards the capital of Zug they started to be very embracing the technology and uh, they started accepting bitcoins for payments in mm -hmm. 2016 if I remember correctly that's right they did uh, their first trials with digital identity 2017 and so locally in Zug it was a very very open um, um, situation for startups to come there and really be be present and then over the years um, FINMA the national regulator also was kind of he was regulating but he was kind of open and so the first ICO rules that came out in 2017 were supportive that brought this whole ICO rush to Switzerland and um, a lot of startups came here because of that because of the favorable regulatory environment we saw though the downfall of ICOs uh, you know it, it left a uh, a poor taste in in a lot of people's uh, mouths, um, and the perception is still lingering uh, as it pertains to the potential of blockchain and cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. How have you, uh, as a participant in the industry here in Switzerland, and how has Switzerland itself tried to, or has it been successful in really kind of pushing that perception aside? Mm -hmm. um, as I said, the FINMA uh, guidelines from the beginning, they were guidelines, um, but they were clear. And so it's always better to have some clear rules uh, than no rules. And um, the reason why ICO has a bad connotation these days or a bad reputation is because in some countries across the globe, there were no rules and things just happened. And um, there was a lot of obviously speculation and a lot of also criminal behavior. But with the rules that we had here, we were very early on regulating something that um, Still, it was wild west. It was it was a crazy time when it when it comes to how much money could be raised in two days with a with a piece of white paper. But it was at least regulated, and um, I think we had some also issues here. But it was much less than elsewhere, where it has been banned because of all these issues and stuff. Right. So it was kind of a evolution on 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 the, how these things were experienced. So early regulation, clarity, 
and a framework that blockchain companies could really yeah. play in. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's number one. Um, number two, talent. Mm -hmm. Education, academia, this relationship, very critical to growth in innovative technology like yep. blockchain. What's happening in the academic world that supports this technology? Um, for instance, a good example is ETH, the Technical University here in Zurich. Um, don't quote me, but um, it's, it's, uh, it's been uh, said that they have issued the most research papers on blockchain in the whole world since, uh, since um, they started working with it. And so it's, it's a hidden gem in that sense that um, ETH, I guess, is one of the leading universities globally when it comes to do, doing the research of, of, uh, of this technology. And there's a lot of people that were originally also core developers of Bitcoin involved coming from the ETH um, 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 school. Then the second example I would like to mention is University of Zurich. They have just um, founded what is called the Blockchain Institute. Um, there's 22 professors from all over University of Zurich, from all fields of research, legal, um, societal topics, obviously finance and obviously technology, coming together and um, basically incorporate this topic in a, in a consistent way into the university. And so I think I've not heard of any of this like anywhere else in the world. It's really that real focus on, 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 on how people can come together and work on this and foster the education around it as well. And one of the critical things as well <coughs> is this, uh, almost this political culture that exists here in Switzerland. Um, describe it for people who don't necessarily understand how it works here and why this bottoms-up approach to uh, being a citizen here in Switzerland is very complementary to even the decentralization philosophy of blockchain. Yes, I mean, Switzerland is a decentralized country in the political sense. Um, we have what is called a direct democracy. So that means that each and every single Swiss person can raise any topic and have it voted on as a, as a, as a referendum by the Swiss, uh, basically all the Swiss people. So you need to collect 100,000 signatures if you want to raise any topic to the, to the, to the Swiss population. And then we have to have a, ref a referendum on it, on it and um, vote and basically decide yes or no. And that's... Um, a core element of the strengths of this country. Then we have 26 cantons or states. They're very small. Switzerland as a country is small, but the states are sometimes much smaller even, um, obviously in comparison to other, other countries. And they are very autonomous as well. So the autonomous levels are top-down. Um, the, the national level is very weak in that sense. There's mm. obviously the national security, army and, and these things, but then the rest is pretty much on the cantonal level decided. and the big things are on the community level or the city level. And then individuals have this power. So basically we can also, if the parliament decides a law, we can again uh, raise a referendum against that law and 50,000 signatures can actually turn a law down that the parliament has voted in. And so that's a very powerful thing. And that, when I learned about blockchain, obviously it's very much the same thing. Blockchain is a decentralized technology. There's no central power that actually determines or stands for the, for the trust or so intermediaries are not needed anymore in Switzerland. The intermediaries obviously are the parliament and the ministers, but we have much more power as individuals. Mm. And um, so that very, very much complemented um, this trend with the technology. And I guess that's another reason why Switzerland is embracing this technology so much. We, we had the president here, yeah. Swiss president, for our first year anniversary. Um, he's a big fan, he's a big spokesperson for the blockchain movement. 
Um, we also had the national bank's president here, and so we have a very, it's a small country, we, we get to know, get together easily, much more easily. So you just name-dropped two of the most important people who just showed up at your first year anniversary, um, but it really reflects actually the unison uh, approach of blockchain in Switzerland. So you have the president from a federal level, from government level, top government level, um, alongside uh, banking industry, which is the strongest, most powerful industry in Switzerland, uh, sitting alongside blockchain. This really feels like the underpinnings of the ecosystem that is unique to Switzerland here. Why do you think those relationships, um, number one, are there? And number two, how do those relationships help blockchain? Well, it gives it credibility, of course. I mean, there's still, if you read the average press article about blockchain, it's still about Bitcoin hype up, up and down. The price of Bitcoin seems to be the biggest issue journalists have these days. And it's actually anything but that. And um, that's what helps when we have people, as I say, like the National Bank's president coming here talking about potential impact of Libra on the, on the world economy. Uh, these things are giving us credibility because there's obviously these things are being taken serious, and it's it's much more, um, a much more focused approach to explain this topic as well from that level, and then giving us as a startup community and a community that is also had as we said earlier that these issues around the hype with ICOs gives us still the trust to actually do something in a strategic in a sustainable way, and um, with 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 their presence at these events, for instance, obviously that gives both parties um, a, a good working uh, relationship for the future. Give us a sense of the innovation that we can expect to see out of Switzerland. And, and you're in a position to be able to answer that <laughs> authoritatively because you are a startup hub. Um, so you work alongside, you're also CEO of Procevis, another startup. Tell us what kind of innovations we're going to see out of Switzerland in the coming year. Well, what was just breaking news on the last few weeks was obviously that the first two startup banks in Switzerland uh, got a full banking license. And that, I think that will now change the perception from the financial, traditional financial industry much more as well. So, I mean, ultimately, there are now two banks, proper banks, that have a full license. They can take on money from, from clients and they can basically give loans to, to clients. They can institutionally trade cryptocurrencies. They can storage, they have a storage um, offering. So all of this is now really becoming a professional business. This is not some some, some some decentralized exchange thing anymore that nobody really understands, but this is now proper business. And so that, that has a huge impact. That was the very least um, of uh, the very latest of, of announcements we had. Um, we had Libra coming to Geneva, incorporating the foundation there. That's another, um, another big news from the summer. Um, what I think is, and I'm again, as a banker, I should be in that field, but I'm not because um, I have seen the technology to be an enabler for um, um, a much more fair and much more democratic society going forward. And that's what Procevis is all about. We are building solutions with blockchain where it makes sense. Sometimes blockchain doesn't make sense and sometimes it's too early. If, like we are working with governments, it's still a difficult sell to, to go to a government and explain them blockchain and then try to convince them to use it for a digital identity, for instance, like is what we are building. But in the long run, I believe, um, what we are doing with, with um, blockchain in the context of 
digital democracies, digital societies. Um, E-voting is a big, big topic for me. Again, coming from Switzerland, obviously, we vote every three months on topics that have been risen by, 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 by the citizens. Um, that's a big thing. And I believe that's going to be a, a, one of the killer apps on blockchain will be e-voting. That's why we heavily research that. That's why we heavily invest together with the University of Zurich or other uh, academic partners in this topic. Describe the energy of the uh, blockchain community here and the people and the students that are coming in to this industry as we speak. We have a lot of international um, people here. So yeah. that's, that's what I always liked. And that's also in my job at the, at the, the firm at the bank. I was always in the international division investment banking because that's what I like. And that's represented here. We have, we have Bitmain here, another Chinese company, one of the biggest one in the world. We have a lot of American startups that came to Switzerland for the regulatory uh, security that, uh, that they're building. We have a lot of really forward thinkers. We are here in the, in the office of the Centrum, the think tank that is thinking 20 years ahead of what is the impact of blockchain on us as a society when it comes to autonomous um, um, self managing um, vehicles like this satellite that we have back there or a house that m maintains itself and owns itself. So all these DAO ideas that we that we have heard about. Um, so that's kind of the mix of things that we have here. And so it's a very dynamic, a very enthusiastic um, environment to be in. You know, to have a think tank to actually commit uh, brain cells to thinking about how societies are going to be formed differently because of blockchain. Um, you, you mentioned one the house. What will our house look like uh, with technology? Blockchain merging with AI and quantum and 5G, 6G, whatever whatever G it's going to be in future. Um, it's going to be autonomous and um, the thinking is that we will have a building like this, a co-working space and a hub where basically there's no management team anymore that runs around because everything can be done um, you can book your meeting room. The meeting room is basically then automatically ordering the cleaning lady after the thing. You get paid. You pay by cryptocurrencies, of course, and everything is totally aut autonomously managed. And um, the same, same with self-driving cars. Ultimately, the cars will own themselves. They will basically go. They will do everything basically fully autonomous because of of the whole um, um, environment they are running on, which is blockchain and um, cryptocurrencies and so forth. So that autonomous future is what um, what. Um, we believe we'll see happening thanks to blockchain, thanks to DAOs, uh, decentralized or autonomous organizations. And uh, in the meantime, back in this century, in this decade, in this year, it is still very much driven by the ideas and the hard work of the people. At the end of the day, Switzerland is still a very small country, um, but some would say it hits above its uh, weight class. Um, do you think that, though, when it comes to adoption and enterprise, that that's going to happen outside of Switzerland? Because this country is 8 million, and you take a look at China, it's 1.4 billion people. Mm -hmm. Where are we going to start seeing enterprise adoption on a mass scale? I think it's not going to be in Switzerland. While we have this, 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 this great support and this great vision also from a highest political level, uh, I'm also conscious of the fact, and that's why Proceed is my company, um, I, I found that, that is we are very far behind when it comes to e-government, for instance. And so adoption of technology in the government context here is very slow. And I think this is the same for the financial center, the tr traditional financial center. The banks, while um, my former employer basically has been dabbling in blockchain 
already very early on in 2015 as well, they opened the first blockchain lab in London. Um, there's not much real things happened since, so you cannot see much of these banks having developed like whatever. I mean, the big topic of the moment is tokenization. There's no tokenized funds or something like this yet. Of course not, because it's, it's also very early. So I think uh, it's going to be not here that we will see these applications develop the fastest. And you mentioned China and Asia. I mean, that's where the music plays. I'm going to Seoul again. I was there now three times. That's where um, I see startups that are live. I mean, one of my favorite examples that I mentioned always is there's this, this, this um, tokenized art startup that you can actually go and buy a piece of a bank you now and look at the piece in a basement. Uh, in, a, in a cave that you can access thanks to your piece that you get a QR code for and really cool stuff and it's happening they're trading these 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 pieces of this Banksy in a digital way and that's not something we've seen here so much happening but um, obviously um, it's also going to catch up. Well thanks for um, a glimpse of the future right here in Switzerland. Thank you for coming back. Danny thank you. <laughs>